Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome to Construct Your Life. So, first time ever of all the podcasts I've done on mine in person. Whew. Couldn't be more grateful to be on this show and then be a part of the first in-person non-Zoomy show. So, guys, we are on the road. Construct Your Life is on the road. And Angelo said, man, just use my studio. So, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Construct your life is how to build a lifestyle, not a bank account. Cool. So we're going to have you on. You're going to tell your story. What I like to do with my guest, we know each other. We've conversed. Sure. Had you on Brain Dump a couple times. I want you to start your story where you want to, and we'll just kind of go from there. Oh, my goodness. I know. Where should I start this story from? Uh I'll start it from from now, and then I imagine it will circle. We'll we'll take a lap through. So, uh, one of the things that I have chosen to do in my life is look back at my past, and any story that I had a label of of bad per se or not favorable I have reconstructed the story to actually be in my favor and so I have story from before I was born even that gives my persona and character even a higher elevation and I did that on purpose to help me create who I am now and recreate who I am as an adult man. And that has really been my favorite part of all this journey. Two minutes in, my mind's already blown. So we know where we're going because, you know, I've had a lot of people on the podcast, I myself included. If you look at, 20 years of alcoholism. You look at meth addiction. There's a lot of times those stories can play, well, they play the part. Yes. And by you going back and shifting the perspective of story, then it actually creates momentum for you to operate in who you are today. And so for somebody that's out there, for somebody that's listening, as we continue to hear your story, how did you? what was the process like for you to begin to... Have those stories empower you instead of the other way around? Sure. So I took a look at my life and just really wanted to build me into feeling and having anchors of everything happening for me and that I was always meant to be the superstar. Mm. And so uh, my story begins... In February of 1982, I wasn't born until December of 83. 
So this is eighty two. This I was one. Okay. So we we already found out we're a year apart on a year a day apart. apart. All right. So this is. My father, in February of 1982, my mother was pregnant with my sister. She was born in July of 82, and my father was in an altercation with someone, and later that day, they walked into his bar, and this is true, you could look this up, uh, they walked into his bar, and uh, my father was shot right here in the chest, and uh, the guy stood over him with the gun, and the gun didn't fire. And so already, um, my chance of being alive was here, or I'm here because of a misfire of a gun, let alone the shot right in my dad's left side of his chest didn't kill him. And so he was shot there, and then the guy stood over him. The gun didn't fire, and then Guy Sisko lived. Guy Sisko, then I, I play in my head, was so uh, excited, and his wife Maria was so excited that uh, that he was alive, that after soon after they had my sister in July of 82, they couldn't wait to make love, and out of that, God gave my father his son, which his namesake, or just the, the family namesake. As far as my father's branch of family, I am the only male Cisco. And so that is my first story of anchoring this character that I've created now that everyone sees in front of me. And then uh, moving forward to my uh, the birth of Angelo Cisco. I came out in the, uh, I forgot what the technical term is, but it's the embryonic sac. And so it's one out of 80,000 births that you come out in there. So when my mother had me in the pregnancy, um, the water, her, my water, her water didn't break. I came out like in this protective casing. So my whole life, I am already believing that my existence, and it, it's supposed to be a very special birth where um, some people even say uh, it's documented that you will have like a extra sense of power, like sixth sense and, and very psychic stuff. You could look this up. My wife knows all about it more than me because every year for my birthday, my mother sends it to me on my birthday how special my birth was. And uh, there's that. Then on top of that, my birth story, my mother arrived at the hospital at 2.50 in the morning, and I was born at 3.22 in the morning. I love my mother so much. I'm such a mama's boy. I, 30 minutes. You, you can't even get a pizza delivered to you in under an hour, and I could come out of your womb for you in a protective casing. No problem, Maria. That's how much I love you. And so that is, you know, how I've constructed the first, you know, pre-Angelo existence. So I'm already special because I've already sown an anchor in my story that I'm special because a gun didn't fire. And then I came out in the sack. I threw my mom a solid 32 minutes, arrived to 
bringing out into this earth. And so that was my existence growing up, already out of the the gates. So have you, <laughs> it's amazing. So do you feel like that you have lived in congruence of that story that you've told yourself your whole life? Or has this been the last couple of years that you went back and reframed that story? Or was it? My the- mother pumping me up about the, the sack thing has always been my thing. My mother is... My my mother is an exceptional manifester hypnotizer more than she ever really could imagine. My mom's the same way. Yeah, and she so won't she, she won't admit it to herself, but yeah. no. But the truth is, is if my dad was a gangster for my mother, he would have done much better. He would have probably never went to jail. My mother doesn't even realize how sharp she is, and uh, my mother also used song to help me have a spell about me. And so she used to sing me a song. She said, Angelo, I love you so. You're such a joy, my special boy. Mm. And that was the song she sang to me. So I always felt that I was just a little bit different and a little more special. And then as I got older, I realized that that was such a a big thing for my mother and then that helped me want to get deeper into all these stories and and change them because man these anchor things with my mother have always helped me feel better and even more confident and have a higher sense of self-esteem about me and and where's the line between self-esteem and ego go and how close is it intertwined great what a great question here is what how I look at the difference. One, I don't think having an ego is a is a bad thing. I don't think being selfish is a bad thing. I think being selfish without consideration and accommodation is a, is a poor thing for a man. I do not believe having an ego is a poor thing because an ego actually is the first if if we do not have egos we do not advance as people thousand so ego is a wonderful thing too much ego is not a good thing just like fire is a great thing fire also could burn this place down and so it's the over-attachment to ego, over-attachment or overuse, and oftentimes misuse, which is usually caused by misunderstanding Mm -hmm. or not having a good sense of awareness that really holds these things back. I really love having an ego. Why wouldn't you want to have some sort of beautiful belief in yourself that you are meant to be that you are chosen, God put you here for something very special. Yet what I do is, is because I'm meant to be special doesn't mean you're not, Casey's not, or Ryan's not. Mm -hmm. I believe that we all have access to this, and that's the difference. 100%, I agree, that's the difference. And I think that as you coach people and I coach people, and I think at the end of the day, in back to the highlight of this talk is the stories. 
these stories that they're telling themselves. You know, I, I think I spend 90% of my time as a coach going bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Okay, would you like to talk about why we're really here? Yeah. And it's these it's these attachments, but it's also these things that they've created in their mind because what really got me to get sober was when somebody got in my face and said, listen, there's what happened, and then there's what the stories that you put on top of the 20 years of what happened. If you could just go back to what happened, deal with it, take ownership, then you can move on from it, and the stories dissipate. Yep. So anybody that's out there listening to add the most value, how do you change the narrative of the stories in your head? What's the start? Oh, great. So take a look at any story. This is this is so simple. Uh, it's, it's rather funny to me. Is take a look at any story that you would label as bad. Any story you would label as bad is more than likely bad because you think it happened to you. If you then rewrite the story, how it happened for you, you're grateful for it. Mm -hmm. So then when I was in the midst and most of the the youth of my life, my father was in prison and the, the things that were happening there were happening to me. And then as I got older, they were all happening for me. Now I'm grateful for the experiences. And so it's moving two, two to four takes you from a victim to gratitude. One of the things we joke about in business, because we, you know, we, we build people's brands out and stuff, is that I think the overcomplication of humanity is actually one of the bigger issues in America, meaning... You know, there's a million books out there. There's a million YouTubes. There's a million, all these things. It's really super simple when you break it down. Mm -hmm. Full ownership. And everything's happening for you. If you create those two things in your life, I think that you will live a good life. Because then as a CEO of your life or CEO of your business, then the buck stops with you and you have nobody else to blame, right? And this is what me and you talk about all the time is this victimhood society that we're breeding Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nobody's fault. Let's blame everybody. And then through that, we have no belief in who we are as a person. Yes. Like at the end of the day, you ha- there has to be some sort of internal dialogue within oneself to think that you can do something that hasn't been done before. Right? Meaning with you. Like yes. it's nothing more. Like people flew to the earth. People flew to the moon. And so if people can do that, then I think you can put down that beer. <laughs> For sure. I know, I know I'm just making it no, offhand but a comment. I, I but, get what you're but saying. But you get what I'm yeah. saying. But we act like we, we act like there's no choice. And right? And you know, for anybody that's out there to inspire, like this this hunk of man that you see right here who's all spelt and ripped, you know, that wasn't the case, just like no. me, you know. It's, I was a hundred pounds, I lost a hundred pounds in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Was, and so yeah. these stories are so easy to share because we've lived them. Yes. And so it's super easy, as everybody says. They say, oh, it's just y'all just sitting here talking about it. No, we're sitting here talking about it to to give you empowerment to share a story so we can hopefully inspire you to do the same. That's what we're here to do. And so, you know, as this belief and empowering these stories 
um, that you've created in your life, um, what other things within your life did you see off the back of that that shifted into focus? Sure. Uh, so in the middle of it, and especially early on in, in these stages of my life, I didn't see these things as being so amazing. There's things that are I'm living through right now in the moment that I am completely still moving through my victimhood of. And I consciously know what it is. Yet in order for me to move through them completely, I still have to go through these same stages. There is an opportunity for awareness. You gain awareness. Then once I have awareness, then I can move into acceptance. Once you, I could start accepting my reality, I can move into what I like to call, uh, you know, just finally taking responsibility for, for the reality. And then the ultimate form of acceptance is something that I call grace, loving acceptance. And that means no judgment. We remove judgment, we have grace. Grace is the breath of the God, the breath of the divine. When, if, if for, for anyone that really looks it up, it's, it's an absolute beautiful word and, and amazing. And uh, then once we have grace, we can move into gratitude, which is a for me and then not a to me thing. And that is... The healing journey. And for many people that may hear this, the if it's anyone listening to this and they're poo-pooing this or thinking that it's just, oh, it's easy for you, you're more than likely in an opportunity for awareness phase, which means that there's ignorance. And not ignorance to me is a really misunderstood word. Ignorance is just being blind to something. Not that you're a bad person. It's a fixed mindset. Yeah, it's unawareness. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, ig you know, I was ignorant. There's things that I am ignorant to right now in my life that I will learn to become aware of. That then I will have to go through this acceptance phase because the hardest phase for me is the the awareness to acceptance. For me, that that right, just moving from okay, I didn't know this was going on, that really stinks. Then there's like, oh man, I've been doing this now, that really sucks because that to me is the beginning of the underworld where I could go into my darkness because then I move into some form of self deprecation. I loathe. I feel bad for myself. I'm angry. That's, to me, the number one thing that we address in addiction or changing a behavior is the spiral. Yes. What you just described was the spiral. Yes. And that's, that's the death. Oh, the worst. Because it, in, in my life, that used to last for weeks to months. Oh, man, I could go down a doozy right now. I mean, crap. You know what I mean? And... The, the thing about what I just said and walked people through this opportunity for awareness. It was the awareness. most put together explanation of how to handle something I've ever heard. Thanks, so, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so moving through this, 
this is a cycle that never going to go away. Never. And so this is why when you hear me say multiple times, anybody wake up if you if you fell asleep, self awareness is the ultimate gift for entire the rest of your life. It's the doorway. It's the doorway to everything that you do. Yes. And this lovely human that's sitting over there. Who's 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 uh, dating me knows that I'm the, one of the most stubborn sons of bitches that you ever met, but I'm at least self aware, and yes. it won't. It, maybe it won't change overnight, but I want to. <laughs> yeah, as long as you know the awareness really is an act of a witness, and so in order to do awareness, you must be a witness, be a witness to yourself, and then most things could actually start working itself out. And it's on the back of, I just did a podcast about this two weeks ago, it's on the back of the grace comment. And so I would say, if I had to venture, and I don't have them, every one of them in my head, I would say the number one thing that my clients say about me, the number one thing, is there's no judgment. Yes. It's the number one thing. They like it. When's the last time you had somebody in your corner that doesn't give a fuck? I don't care if you dance around in pink panties and you ride elephants. I know I've just made up something. But what I'm saying is, no. I don't care. Let's get to work. For sure. But that's not the way we live society. It's, well, yeah, you shouldn't do this. Who, who, you don't know. Yes. Nobody knows. And it's, it's all you, ultimately. Hmm. Okay, so here we go. You ready? Grace. Uh, so... I'm writing a book. Okay. Rick's helping me write a me book. Me too. Look okay. at us. I'm so proud of us. Yes. I'm uh, I'm finishing hey, it up not fun. in the last week or two. No, it was one of the most challenging things. Is, and one of the things that I'm doing in this book is giving new names and identities around masculine and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. Because I've often found that because of the names of the frequencies that people give a gender bias to them quickly and then it takes them out of the room or out of the what we're trying to teach especially in my programs because of oh what do you mean I'm feminine i don't want like it's it has nothing to do with gender the ultimate expression that I that's going to be a part of the book of feminine energy is grace, loving acceptance. And that, to me, is the ultimate mother. And it's the number one thing that men have a problem with. For sure. You want to hear a crazy story? Yeah. Um, and I can't even explain it. And to this day, don't want to try to. Don't really understand <laughs> it. Don't really get it. The moment I got separated from my wife, I went on a trip. And I, I, this is not a joke. This is not a hyperbole, okay? These are women friends and women I didn't even know. For 20 days straight, I happened to run into only women. No men. And it was like not planned. It didn't. These were friends. And it was this weird time in my life where I realized that I've never actually been like uh, truly like accepted or like loved 100% by a woman. Right, and that's the gift that this lovely human being is giving me. Is to I'm really good at giving it, really good at giving it unconditionally. But um, 
personal acceptance, right? And so the, the question is, as a man with your ego and your, and your bravado and all this shit, you're really doing that because you're fucking, you're scared. Totally. Like you're acting a fool with your loud car and your fucking loud mouth and your cussing and your bullshit. And I'm guilty. They, that's why they call me the rhino, you know? So nobody can understand how much the house of cards underneath is really, you know, and now it's gotten to a point where you do enough self-exploration and enough self-work where the acceptance of the accolades, not from an ego point of view, but from a pure of, I showed up for my clients and I did them. I just got one before this that I've been waiting. Like I asked him like two months ago and he's like, I just need the headspace to write it. It's like, I, I, I read that and it's like, dude, like that's in a, that's in a total transformation of one's life within his aspects of a husband and a wife and a, and all these things. Right. And so the way that that takes place and the way that it takes place, what you do with your clients is a total acceptance of that. We're all here to do the same thing, mm -hmm. but that's, but, but society doesn't operate that way. It's what can I get out of you? And then what's it going to make me look like over here? And so on and so on. Instead of just saying there's no ulterior motives, no judgment, let's go to work and let's not give a shit how it looks. When you're talking about women and fem feminine generals, that's why I always dreamed of opening a restaurant with no menus. Nice. And we serve what's fresh. And the reason is, is that people walk around and they say, no, I don't like that. I don't like that. Totally. You sure about that? You know, it's, it's I, I, you know, not to, we're talking about alcoholism, but I just use it for context. You know, I used to have people come to me all the time and they say, you know, I hate uh, rum, tequila, and gin. And I'm like, no, you don't. You've had shitty rum, tequila, and gin. Yes. And so in life, that's in general. Even, even personal development can be like that. Well, I hate personal development. I went, for this, I went to this seminar and they took my money and they didn't help me. Well, yeah, of course you hate it. I mean, don't you, don't you feel like half the time in the coaching space, we, I spend 60% of my time trying to, you know, fight through the shitty coaches out there? We have a, uh, as humans, we have this uncanny over-attachment and identification to our bad experiences of our past. Mm. And they could they could cut us so sharp and leave such scars that it becomes who we are. And like you said about food, you know, when people are like, oh, I don't like that. And I'm like, well, tell me why. And they're like, well, when I was seven, I'm like, dude, what do you think this has to do? I'm... 37 this is 30 years later like just see what it's like today and um very rarely do good experiences leave scars think about you know just scars on our bodies right and these the way that we may label any of these things it becomes really challenging for us where uh, we don't have a place for good scars. Isn't this the same thing that Anthony was talking about, good news? 
Yeah. Because good news doesn't leave anything. And so, you know what? We've become a society of not celebrating our wins anymore. Right. Well, I know, but I need to get to here and there. And so the question is, is if you look at Andy Frisella, right? And I'll just use him as an example because it's the way I changed. Win the day, right? What are the things that you're going to do today? Because it really is about compounding those small wins Mm -hmm. and creating the shift that's available for you. And when's the last time that you had a really good experience, whatever it was in life and business, that you really celebrated it? I have a recognition ritual every day. I love this. Okay, do tell. Okay, so I structure my day to have a few different components. I already can tell I'm going to like this. (laughs) Okay, so the beginning part of my day, I focus... I I took this construct from uh, poker, which I do love, and hunting and gatherer. I studied hunting and gathering <laughs> tribes in in Africa, and this is so. This is what I have. And this is how I look at my life. Is I spend the first hour or two of my day, but this could be any length of time for myself. And so if I was playing poker, this is when I would get up money. So let's say I'm up 10 bucks, okay? And then what that does is, is it allows me then to go out or stay at the table and tend to people around me, which is what I look at as going for the hunt in business. And... I take care of what I have to take care of. And I'm also at a place where I could sit at the table and not be attached by my feelings. And I could give away a few bucks because I know that you have a mortgage to pay and this guy's got this and that, but I already know that I'm playing with money that I'm winning. And so that's how I set up my morning stuff. No matter what a morning routine is, it should feel like you're up money or that you're grateful and happy that you've tended to yourself, that you've tended to your feelings so we could go out in the world not letting them boil over into something that's unnecessary and especially too for a man. We have duties, responsibilities, and commitments that we must do and keep despite of our feelings. Yet if I've tended to my feelings and I've already made some bucks, I'm good. And then what I do before I go out for that hunt is, is I take a, I take an extra thought and I go, there's three people that I may have key relationships with. Myself, my wife, and my son. So before I keep playing poker... I take let's say I won ten bucks. I take three dollars and I put it in my, my shoe. So now I only have seven on the table anyway. So then I'm happy to go to the hunt and do what I gotta do. And if someone drains me, I give them a dollar, give them a dollar, whatever. And then I get to my house and I go on my front stoop, but then I remember there's three bucks. And I look at those three bucks, and then I have a recognition ritual and go, 
God dang it. No matter what happened today, I took care of me. I got my relationships. And a recognition ritual for me is I like to put on uh, three different songs that are anchors to uh, me thinking about my mother, which is Grace. One that thinks about my wife, which is my heart. And then one that leads me towards my, my son my big relationships and then i usually have a little smoke as well and uh i just take a few minutes to recognize these things and through the songs and the smoke i i usually end up in tears and then i go in my house and i tend to my relationships and as far as like being a hunter then that's when i come home and i'm dressing the meat like let's say i went hunting and then that's when a hunt hunter would take a moment to be like, look at how beautiful this piece of meat is. And then when they got home, they presented this meat with love because they did it for the day. And that they, they knew they did it for the day. And then when I come home after that recognition ritual, that's why I get the big piece of chicken. Or my wife makes sure that no matter what happens, I get the big steak. Or which one do you want first, King? And then... I'm happy to know that I recognize myself and then I tend to my relationships the rest of the day and evening and then I go to bed. And that's how I do my best to structure my life. Am I perfect every day? No. Do my wife and I disagree every day? Uh, or not everybody, from time to time? Yes. Are there days that I reach in and take those extra couple bucks and not think to twice, and I spend more money than I should? Yes. But yet these are the things that I do my best to anchor myself with as a man so that I could have a, a non-burning out as much as I possibly can because when I'm in burnout, I resent the world, and I am no longer grateful for it. And so take care of myself, so that I know that my heart and my feelings have been tended to. So when it's time for me to go out in this work world or whatever it is to go on my hunt, I am not bringing feelings to a place where it's unnecessary. Because oftentimes when I'm doing business, I want my feelings to be there to connect. Yet when it comes to negotiating a deal or someone coming back at me like this, I do not want my feelings in the game because that may cause me to take something personal when I just is unnecessary, right? And so then I have that recognition ritual every day. I call it a recognition ritual because most men poo-poo when I used to tell them to celebrate. They'd be like, what do you mean celebrate? You said, see, I'm just like, yeah, just give yourself some recognition, will you? And so, yeah, that's what I do. I have a daily recognition ritual that restores me back to my feelings. Because when I get back home, I don't want to be cold. I, I'm Papa Bear. I want this boy, my son, when I walk up to my house, this guy cannot wait for me to see me pull up and walk up these stairs why would I want to be a cold person? I want to be full in my heart because this little boy is screaming Papa's home 
and now it's time to party, right? And so that's how I I put myself in this position to show up as best as I possibly can. No different than me, like I said in the very beginning of the show, me recreating these stories and tweaking them. It's it's all a choice. And what's really important is you could choose consciously or not consciously. Either way, there's a choice being made, a mm -hmm. decision being mm -hmm. made. So you might as well make it conscious. Yeah, it's an amazing point. And by the way, everybody that's listening to that, rewind that last 10 minutes. It's fucking gold. You should write a book about that, too. Because recognition, grace and gratitude, you know, it's, it's, you hear from a lot of high achievers who they can't turn it off, yes. right? Guilty. Same. But I, but I feel like you have something there and kind of that, you know, they talk about all the time, that break, like write those three songs. Like it's kind of like that, it's that marker. Yes. To like say like, okay, work's done, right? Because as an entrepreneur and as a driven person, the work's never going to be done. Yes. Ever. And so if that's the case, then how do we give ourselves the permission, per se, for lack of a better word, to, to be done, right? Because, yes. and it's something that I preach all the time, especially the young ones, right? And I'm like, I'm like, look, guys, you got, like, especially if you're 23 and you're already successful, you've got 60 plus years. What is it for? Is there is there a deeper meaning? If that if that's not in if that's not in the realm of where you're operating in, it's going to get real old real quick. Mm -hmm. And you know the the way I equate it to is I call it personal body armor. I put on my my armor in the morning for myself. Um, but anybody out there that's struggling with showing up in the world like that. What would be your advice to them if they're looking to change, just even get started towards some more peace and more grace and judgment in their life? Like, where do they even begin? You know, it's probably the number one thing people ask me. Where, where do you start? Think about what parts of your day you want to have a paintbrush in your hand. And think about what parts of your day will better serve you to have a sword in your hand. And then do whatever you need to do to put yourself in those positions. How do you, how do you consciously switch? Yeah. From how do you do it? How do you constantly So switch? a lot of the music is anchors and triggers to bring me back to which one I need. So here's a really good example. So anchors and triggers are just parts of neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been talking. Frog in, Frogs into Princes is the very first book about neuro-linguistic programming. It's a seminar that they talk about this. It's somewhere up there. That's why I keep pointing to the bookshelf. Anyways, I have music when I'm walking to work 
that helps me know that it's time to take out my sword. It's a little more aggressive. It has some ego to it. Mm. It's my show out music. Mm-hmm. It's the it's why I wear those Versace glasses at certain times, and then today I'm not wearing them mm-hmm. because today I don't. Because we're hanging out with the family today. Sit, chill, chilling, chill. I'm it's Angelo, Monday. regular Deckler. Just don't need to be a killer today. See, babe, don't you think? And I was laughing because. If we talked about this on Brain Dump, like different mask, you're a different person than you were when I came here the other day. Yeah. It's, it's totally okay. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it. No. But it's awesome to see that you're 100% comfortable flowing through both. Yes. It's not that I'm inauthentic. I just know what energy and also and who I'm supposed to be at this time. So when I show up at my house... I don't need to show up. I could swear on the show, right? I just want to I think make I sure. fit. Okay, I think perfect. I fit thirty in a nine-minute rant. So yeah. So when I get into my masculine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, one of the songs that I like is uh, "Illest Motherfucker Alive" by Kanye and Jay Z. Haven't and, heard it. Okay, well, it it's from the Watch the Throne album, which I really love. But he goes, Kanye goes. Let me show you what I see when my eyes are closed. It's a very, like, even that line. And then Jay-Z comes on and says why well, he's the illest motherfucker alive. And to me, that's when I'm about to go pull out my sword. Well, ultimately, and I know you know this, but as a CEO and a coach and a leader of people, we have to shift into that role. Yes. It is a, nobody is going to hire me if they have the leverage. Totally. And so coaching client this morning, right? Yes. He missed two calls in a row. I roasted him on a yes. text. And he showed up today and he's like, you know, he's a little meek. And I was like, let me ask you a question. I asked him, I said, you're a high achiever. Do you know what the fuck you did? And he goes, yeah. I said, then we're done. Let's move on. I don't need to fucking tear your ass up. So, then we got done. And he's like, I don't know why I fucking pissed off our call last week. He's like, I feel like a million bucks. And I said, yeah, go, don't do it again, motherfucker. Just got off the phone. Some days they need me to show up and like, you know, yeah. rub their back. And some days they need me to knock them off the fucking face. Yes. <laughs> and so That's you true. have to, I have to know when it's time to punch yeah. and when it's time to, to cuddle. Yeah. And it's, it's really rough. It's, you know what I found very interesting to me? I can... I can do it and I enjoy it, but coaching women, coaching men, totally different game. Do you find it the same? I do not coach uh, too many women. Yeah. Uh, Here's what I do is what you just demonstrated is, see, love is uh, misunderstood often where love could be a caress and love could be a slap. Mm-hmm. They're both love, mm-hmm. and it's very important to know which one is which, which one is necessary for which, and also too the language that goes along with how to translate that love and communication skills. Mm-hmm. So if I'm coaching someone to be nurturing, mm-hmm. I will use words like "I feel." And softer words that are more gentle. Yep. 
I encourage you, beautiful, wonderful, soft, like nice. Mm -hmm. And then if there is something that I am giving in a more slap sense, it's more direct. The words are sharper. They're quicker. You know what you did. We don't need to play. You got it? Or do you need one me me give you one more kick? What will it be? Great, then let's move on. Yeah. Yet if someone comes to me, you know, it's all about harmonizing. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, the language, how I lean in, how I lean out, uh, the the fluctuation of speech, uh, how fast, how slow, it's all a dance. And it's a very important thing as a coach and a guide to to realize for me that I am leading the dance. And uh, I've been very fortunate where I've taken dance lessons and learned to dance. And to be a lead in dancing is amazing. It's a wonderful uh, position to be in, and it can be challenging because you are trying to keep the beat. And then subtly, without even your partner really feeling it, you are nudging them and prepping them for a turn and then helping them feel that. So when I'm, uh, I I love to dance bachata with my wife. And so when we're moving one, two, three, four, and I raise her arm up, she knows I'm prepping her for something. Something's about to come. And then if I gently nudge her hand that way, she then starts realizing that I'm spinning her this way. Sure. Or she feels me when I prep her that I'm pushing that way, that more than likely I'm going to step towards her. Or if she feels me as I prep her and I move her towards me, that I'm going to be stepping back. And so there's this subtlety around these frequencies. And so no matter what gender I'm I'm working with or have worked with, it's really about being that lead, but also from subtlety and then feeling how my energy needs to shift. And then when it comes to coaching, because it's not dancing physical touch, it's with my physicality. I may lean in when I'm becoming more masculine. When someone's got a lot going on, I may sit back. Yep. Or uh, if someone's in, in, if I'm having a conversation with someone that I'm coaching, I'm either holding space or commanding space. So if I'm holding space and someone's sharing something really vulnerable with me, I'll go, you're okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm here, you're safe. Mm-hmm. Yet if I'm trying to shift them out of their own behavior, I may swear. Yep. Just like a, what the fuck do you mean to break a pattern? And that's the slap love. Yes. And so there's so much that really goes into the art of that and the skill of that. You said it. Me and Mark Ingram said the same. It's an art. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's the, the real it's dance. It's my creative dance. Yeah. When someone can do it well. And it's ultimately, and I know you feel the same way, it's ultimately 
I don't need you to know where I'm going because I know where we're going, and it might not show up for a month. Yeah. I just had a coaching client text me last week, and he's like, hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Separate from you, I've been like, I don't know what this dude's trying to teach me. And he's like, all of a sudden, I heard something, and he's like, I get it all. Yes. And I was like, yeah, I didn't need you to know where it was. I needed you to come to a conclusion on your own. Yes. Because if I just handed you the idea, then we're not getting anywhere. You have to, it has to be the realization within oneself. Exactly. Not the other way around. This is not high school. Totally. Or middle school. I'm not can't, giving you the fucking answers. Can't. I can be your guide and I can hold space, but I'm not giving you the cheat codes to the thing. Correct. Because then we haven't done anything. No, because, yeah, because then it's just information. And, and then they don't memor- believe it. Mem- memorization. Yeah. Which is what we're trying to get away from. Totally. It's just we, like. We become a society term. of let me know. I know the answers. Yes. Yeah, but the answers don't matter because the answers change. Mm-hmm. And so as you show up and I show up and, and we're different and we keep moving, so that's the bigger rub is, you know, and I think. I think that's what makes entrepreneurship so interesting for people because it's never the same thing. It's like, I mean, if people even spent like a day in my world and they're like, I don't understand. You're talking about coaching clients over here, podcast over there, a hotel in Michigan, you know, but like I enjoy the variety that it brings to me. Um, you know, the biggest concern for me is, is creating space where knowing where my ceiling is and knowing where I'm not playing small, I think is kind of, there's a capacity as one grows into oneself, how much he can handle. And the things that were exciting to me a year ago, I still appreciate, but I'm, the level of excitement is not the same because I've, I've leveled up my life. And I think, I think, I think as a, as a business owner and as a podcast host and everything that you do, you know, the things that gave you joy or seemed really hard maybe a year ago aren't as hard. But then again, I don't think that you view stuff as that way anyway. I think you're well equipped to walk into the scenario. And, and you, are more, you of all the people that I've spoken to are more equipped to show up and handle whatever's needed in the situation. That's what I respect about you. There's no... Ang- at least from an outer point of view, there's not a lot of anxiety going into the moment because I think that you're comfortable enough with who you are to show up in that moment. What's needed. Does that make sense? Sure. I, uh, Oh, thank you first for seeing me in that way. It really means a lot to me. And, uh, the story creation is not happening before the moment is what I, is the bigger point of view. Oh, Yes. I, uh, Most people spend weeks leading up to something, creating stories that freak them out. Yeah, I I laughed one day with Ryan, uh, my my business partner, and uh, once I was able to really shift these two four stories, I've realized how much pressure and unknown that I could really be a part of and handle really well. And uh, 
and that's what gives me my my real seed of self esteem is believing that all of these things happened in my life and no wonder I am able to show up as such a uh, a confident guide. It's ultimate freedom. Yeah. You've be- given yourself the gift of ultimate freedom. Yeah. It's just like what, what everything that you're happen? seeking out of life, you've let it empower you instead of hinder you. Yes. It's true freedom. Yeah. It's un it's if I had to describe it in a, in a picture, if we created art, yes. it would be basically like you on the front of the Titanic boat, screaming with your hands out like this. Yeah, I've it's just as a funny reference. Yeah, point. no, it's what it really is is my masculine energy. Masculine energy for me is trusting yourself mm. at its highest form. Like you trust yourself that you will keep yourself safe and therefore that is it you trust and then once you could trust you could then move to divinity divine energy which is faith or surrendering and so that's for another time because that's on my new motto right surrender right that to me is okay so i lived this life and all of this happened for me so if that's the case, then ultimately it's all going to be okay. Right. It's just like, okay, I could let go in these moments and let them which is the Which is the scariest, scariest, but most impactful thing that you could ever do for yourself. Yeah. First ultimately, you, it's the surrender begets the alchemist. Yes. So what we do is, is we become, we take our past, we move it from a to me, for me, which is gratitude for the past. Once we've able to heal that, which is the ultimate healing of ourself and our feminine wound, we then could step into trusting ourselves because that we've seen multiple times how well we've been able to show up, which then leads us to healing and developing integrity which is belief that you are going to show up for yourself, which is the healing of the masculine wound. And then you are able to step into the divine energy, which is surrender because you know everything is happening for you. And what's amazing about this is this is this is what the, the book is going to be about. This is the concept. I'm, I'm calling it the Alpha Hippie Code. And we all will get knocked off our horse every time we're going for a higher level of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm living it in this moment. Mm -hmm. I have been living the last two months moving through this in real time. And at this moment, I am still in a deeper phase of my acceptance of it all and moving into a gratitude for it all, not being angry still. I'm still mad at some of the people. Still want revenge. Yep. Still all there. Yep. 
And I know the dance. I'm writing a book about this. And right now on August 2nd, 2021, I am moving through this paradigm Mm -hmm. with myself. It's the same thing I move people through with in my, my work and all of these things. And this is why I'm writing a book about this. Because this is the greatest thing that I've discovered in my life. And so I'm selfishly writing a book slash memoir for my son. In case something happened to me, he would know the most important thing that I know, which is this code and how I got it. Mm -hmm. The journeys and the adventures. And at one time, the misfortunes. Mm that I went through to do this because I do not wish for this boy to only think that his papa was a highlight reel before he became his papa. See, now you inspired me. Now I got to write mine. And so this is what it's about. And right now, the things that I am moving through, I am in a phase of this moving into grace of it all. And then therefore, then as soon as I embody the grace i could then move into gratitude and then i will remember who the fuck i am and i will put a plan together and then i will laugh at it all and surrender to the next level of discomfort then move through an opportunity for awareness because there'll be something else i'm ignorant to Mm -hmm. move into then my self-deprecating to get to acceptance then I will start accepting and then I will hopefully, you know, just, and use hope to move through this stuff quicker and not be resistant to it as I've gotten older mm-hmm. because now I know the cycle of it all. No, I love it. And that's what um, Rick is helping me write this book on. And these are the things that I move through with everyone. It's just, there's the opportunity, there's awareness, we get to grace, we get to gratitude for the past, then we re-anchor that hero story that is early on in our lives, that we remember who we are, that we're capable, that we trust ourselves, that it's me, I want the ball with five seconds to go. I'm not passing it to daddy, I am daddy. Mm-hmm. And then, once I remember that I'm daddy, I have faith in life. I can let it all go, baby, because I know that I'm going to show up because I'm prepared because everything's been happening for me to prepare me for what's about to happen. I love it. Can't do any more. I'm going to stop it right there. It's perfect. No, I appreciate you, King. If people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? You got a lot of great stuff going on. Oh, my goodness. Anything under I Am Alpha Hippies, all the channels. We just released a, an amazing... Uh, so Alpha Hippies' mission is to help men go pro. Okay. And so we just created a quiz Okay. for men out there to go and take. It's all in our channels. It's Ryan's making sure it's put up on our website yelling at the website guy in every language we could think of to get him going up there. And so you could catch on our channels. It's the GoPro quiz, which is really about helping men understand that before you're a father, before you're a son, before you're a business owner, you're a man. 
and be a professional man and everything else is really easy to do and so this quiz is to help not only people understand what being a professional man is what area and help them identify where they may be lacking and then also to help them first meet them where they're at and help them identify what area they believe they're really lacking in and what would be some better ways a professional man may begin approaching them and hopefully unclutter and declutter that because I really believe deep down we know what to do. Our soul and yep. instincts know what to do. It's our minds that play trick on us, tricks on us. No different than one time my mind told me that there was a boogeyman in my closet. So we're really pumped about the quiz. And then I am Alpha Hippie and our podcasts are available anywhere you can listen to one, I suppose, these days. I love it. I love it. Guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends. Uh, check out Angelo. He's the man. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for having me, bro. It's my pleasure, dude. Crushed it per usual. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.